What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the Anything and Everything podcast. I'm your host, Storm Wade, alongside co-host of the Plainsman podcast, the third one we've had on the show, Mr. Brett Miller. Brett, how you feeling tonight, my man? Good, man. Thanks. Thank you for having me on. I'm excited to be here, excited to get going. Absolutely, dude. I, uh, we, we wanted to have Brett over last week, uh, but I had a robotic spinal, uh, and it literally took me three hours it was a nightmare um but i made an a on it that's all that matters yeah i made a 95 so i was pretty happy about that but uh so i'm thanks to brett for being flexible and uh again did i apologize for having to cancel a short notice last week uh no worries but but really glad to have uh brett on with us tonight brett i know i've had marcus i've had mason on here those are some really good podcasts do you want to kind of give us a rundown just a a quick brief rundown on on the plainsman podcast uh, yeah, I can. Um, like Storm said, if you listen to the other ones when Marcus and Mason were on, they described it as well. But um, we're just kind of a three guys that get together and talk about Auburn sports. Uh, we we put out an episode every week during football season, and then for, throughout the rest of the year we try to do every other week, and we just cover everything Auburn. Uh, we try to branch out and cover uh, the SEC and some professional sports, but the main focus is definitely Auburn. Yeah, absolutely, man. I uh I love their their pod guys. I've I've said this every time I've had one of them on. Uh, it's good stuff. Great guys. Good podcast. Even greater guys. And so, uh, go give them a listen. I listen to them every chance I get. Uh, they usually release like on a late Sunday night, early Monday morning, things like that. And so, uh, every time I'm doing my welding, you know, I'm sitting there listening to them or or something else. So, uh, they're great. Uh, once again, glad to have Brett on. And tonight. Guys, we're going to be talking about, I believe the, the topic was, if you could have lunch or dinner with five people, who would they be? Is that right? Is that kind of the gist we're going for? Yeah, yeah, that's kind of how I approached it. Okay, so if you could have dinner or lunch, drinks, whatever you want to call it socially, with five people in this world, now that can be anyone, right? Nobody's, yeah. nobody's off limits. I mean, they have to be alive, right? Or or are they? No, I I have one that is not alive. Okay, okay, but, okay. Um, yeah, okay. I think the only off limits thing we said was nobody could pick Jesus. Yeah, I mean that's kind of given. <laughs> yeah, we all want to see everybody would pick. Hopefully. That one. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, okay, cool, cool. All right, that that will change one of my answers in. Perfect. That's that's what I need to know. Good deal. So man, uh, guests go first. So why don't you kick us off tonight? All right. So mine are not necessarily in order from greatest to least or anything like that sure. but um i'll start with my probably my favorite athlete and uh, that's tiger woods okay he has uh been through so much in his career like he was the most dominant player in golf world and i got to watch him as he was coming up and i love telling my younger brother who didn't get to watch him all about him and and all this stuff and i mean to watch him now, he's a different player than he was then, but he's still just as fun to watch. And it, he's enjoying the game more, and now his son's involved. So it's really cool to watch the dynamic of his whole career uh, form. And I, I would just like to sit down and talk to him about everything he's experienced, like how he approaches things. And, and I mean, he was just so serious when he was younger. So yeah, yeah. just that mentality, it was it was fun to watch, but it was also super intimidating for anybody around him. <laughs> right, right, right. I, I like that, dude. He has been through some crap, man. 
Yeah, no kidding. So I'm, I'm sure he could uh, give you some good life lessons, <laughs> yeah. needless to say. <laughs> yeah. Probably a lot of don't do this type right. stuff. Right, right. Strong start, dude, strong start. So I'd like to say my number five is, uh, and I, uh, several of you probably won't know who this is, but I'll explain it, is Andy Frisella. Now, who Andy Frisella is, he's a famous podcaster and entrepreneur who actually created the 75 Hard program that my sister did and that Allison and I are doing now. We're on day four um, today, actually. And the reason I'd like to meet Andy, he he's a real rough around the edge kind of guy he's he's a he's an acquired taste uh he he's extremely offensive a lot of times but it really doesn't really bother me you know i i I don't mind it but dude he the way he approaches things for one he's a he's a millionaire uh multi-millionaire uh ceo of several different companies so like he is extremely successful he wasn't always that way though he was like a really like overweight kid in high school, got picked on, got bullied, always had issues, things like that. Uh, couldn't go to colleges that he wanted to because he didn't make great. And so like to see him make it now, it to listen to him speak about how he got there is it it's intimidating. Uh, because like the guy he the way he looks at everything, it is a different he's just a different species, man. And it's, it almost goes against everything you've ever believed in, kind of. And it, it kicks you, it kicks you like, right in the balls. I mean, it really it really does. Um, he said, I've, I've been listening to his podcast talking about the 75 hard and everything that's required and everything. And, and he makes it out to where everything you do is really inconvenient. I mean, seriously, like, uh, I covered this with my sister when she completed it about the two 45-minute workouts a day. Uh, gallon of water a day, 10 pages of nonfiction of reading, uh, uh, to stick to a, a nutrition plan, no alcohol, no cheating whatsoever. And so, like, he makes things extremely inconvenient. And he's like, oh, yeah, and you can't do the workouts back to back because uh, that's too easy. Like, why don't you do it at one in the morning, one at night? Because that's inconvenient. He intentionally <laughs> does this, dude, because he's like, his life is inconvenient, jobs are inconvenient. Family is inconvenient. <laughs> I mean, seriously, he just goes down. And so the way he sees daily tasks and the way he looks at life, man, is it, it rubs you wrong at first. But you kind of have to give him a second and, and try to see it through his eyes. And, dude, he's pretty spot on with a lot of things. So I'd like to really – I'd like to sit down and have a beer with Andy Frisella, <laughs> for sure. After your 75. After my 70. Yes, yes, correct, correct. <laughs> I, I got to do this thing. I'm on day four. I'm doing just fine right now. <laughs> so not to get off track, but I've heard of people doing this before, and I actually know one person who's completed it. You're only through – or you're on day four. Mm-hmm. What would you say is the hardest thing to do so far? So far for me, uh, it is – getting in two 45-minute workouts. Yeah. Uh, for one, uh, when my sister did it, I told her, I was like, look, you don't have kids. Uh, she works. She doesn't work a full-time job. I work a full-time job. I go to welding school for five to six hours, Monday through Thursday. And then I have kids, you know, on top of that. And so trying us both, trying to find just 45 minutes twice with either without them or where we can get it in with them, that's the most difficult part. Because yeah. at one point you're sitting there feeling like, okay, i got to get this in, but also you're not wanting to, to neglect your kids. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
I don't. They won't remember it, but it's still you. You got to live with it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's wild that you're both doing that at the same time. It would make it so much harder. I it, think it does. Like it does, and it doesn't. Like it makes it harder in that you both have to get these things done. Right. But it also makes it easier that you both had to get these yeah. things. If that makes sense. Well, you have an accountability. That's what person. I'm saying. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, it, I, I, yeah, it, it is kind of difficult because, like, when when Allison gets home in a little while, she knows I still have to go on a 45 minute exercise outside. So I'm gonna go jog around my neighborhood 45 minutes. Uh, she's gonna have to watch the kids. You know, yeah. that's all there is to it. Um, and if the roles are switched, I'd have to watch the kids. Right. And, and uh, so if, unfortunately, if she hadn't got her second workout in already. I'd be watching the kids while she walked, and then she'd come back, and I'd get, you know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> yeah. like, that's the that's the tough thing, but you also have someone you're doing it with the whole time. Yeah. You're not alone. Yeah. Now, I think it would be so hard to drink a gallon of water a day. That's I the easiest sh- thing dude, for me, dude. I struggle drinking water and just staying hydrated. It, it's always been the worst to me. That's my that's my my easiest thing, dude. That I never worry about is just a gallon. I'm, I'm, I've almost had a gallon and a half already. Good boy. And it's uh yeah, about almost seven. So like, but I also am in a booth welding with hot steel, you know, for several hours and stuff all day. So maybe I'm just trying to stay alive. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. So go ahead, dude. All right. So uh, my second one, I will go with uh, probably people that know me probably won't expect this at all. But um, I'm going with Keanu Reeves. I like it. This I dude like it a lot. is so interesting to me. Like, he is one of the great actors in Hollywood, but he you never hear about him in the news. Mm-hmm. He stays out of trouble, and he knows how to stay out of trouble. Like, he's just so interesting to me. And, and the movies that he does, the roles that he takes, there's always some kind of mysterious type of... Uh, persona to his characters i guess mm-hmm. and he plays that very well except for like bill and ted <laughs> right right, but, right uh you know his more adult films that i just i don't know i just love him and i think he would be an interesting person to sit down and talk to and just pick his brain about life and yeah. like how he approaches things yeah yeah it, i he crossed my mind but for some reason i thought maybe you would have him. You're not going to believe it. I was thinking, it's like, I'd like to meet Keanu, but I was like, I don't, I, bet, I don't know why I feel this way, but Brett may have him. I don't, I don't know why I felt that way, but but yeah, he. have you ever seen the pictures of him with fans where like, yeah. he, he puts his hands around with but he doesn't touch them? He never touches them. That, yeah. that is so cool to me. Yeah. Like, uh, I, all the times I play with the band and, and after shows, you're taking pictures and stuff, and I've thought about that. Yeah. You know, I was like, do I, do I, touch their hips right here do i like am i like keanu reeves you know like yeah. that's just really cool that that a guy at that status is thinking about something like that yeah he's no. probably hiding from a sexual assault or harassment charge i mean yeah, you literally sure. don't touch him you can't have anything thrown against yeah. you and there's picture proof so right I mean, you want to stay out of trouble in hollywood that's a great start <laughs> right right yeah that's true man so he seems pretty freaking brilliant yeah man. exactly yeah so I, I like that a lot i like that a lot strong number four dude Let's see here. Ah, yes. My number four is, I was actually just watching this show before you got here. Um, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, the actor from The Walking Dead who plays Negan. Uh, and we did a Walking Dead episode here. I think it was like the first first week or so of this podcast. My wife got on and did it with me. And, 
And if you if you listen to that, you know I'm a huge Negan fan. I'm a big villain fan of, of shows and movies. But this guy, man, is he grew to be probably my favorite actor um, because of because of that show, one episode in particular. But dude, he uh, I've watched interviews with him. He's really he seems like a really like chill, laid back dude. Um, and of course, in the in the shows, he's completely different, you know. But I mean, that that just makes him a great actor. But his acting ability, dude, to play a psychopath and then a loving husband who cares and actually has you know empathy and sympathy and love and stuff like it's just like, man, he he's so good at what he does. And the next thing you know, he's you know beating someone's head in with a baseball bat. I mean, just like. <laughs> I just watched that scene a while before you got here. Like, that was the last episode I saw. Um, but uh, he is, man, he's brilliant. He, he, I love watching him act, and I'd love to just sit there and, and ask him. I'd love to hear his story, I guess you could say. Yeah. I'd love to hear, like, what brought you here? Uh, why did you come here? What's your favorite role? Like, what was it like being Negan and things like that? You know, like, I'd just love to sit and ask him, some of those questions. He seems like a really cool dude. He may be an absolute ass. I don't know, but he seems like a really cool dude. Yeah, we watched The Walking Dead for a few seasons, and we didn't finish it, but we did, you know, watch through some of the stuff with Negan, and he was actually one of my favorite characters. Yeah. Like, he at first he comes across as that, you know, just douchebag. Yeah. But he grows on you. He does, and, dude. And if you have a like, like you said earlier about the other guy, if you have an open mind going into it, it's like. You can kind of see why he's this way, mm-hmm. and it's very relatable. And yeah, he is a really good actor. I've seen interviews with him, and and the whole cast like around him outside the show seems to love him. Like mm-hmm. he just seems like a likable guy. He is. I think that's a great choice. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Yeah. So um, my next one, we will go with. Uh, I love stand-up comedy. Okay. All, All right. right. So this dude is super goofy, and he's pretty new to the scene. Every clip I've ever seen of him, I just laugh the whole time. And it's Theo Vaughn. Okay. All right. So, very random. He's not, like, mainstream yet. Yeah. But he's headed there. And he has a podcast, and he has basically whoever he wants on there. He's been on uh, Joe Rogan's podcast a couple of times. And it is hilarious just to listen to some of the things that he says. Like, he says the most off-the-wall things and. It's like, where do you come up with this, first of all? And, like, what happened to you to make you this way? Right, right. <laughs> so he's he's from Louisiana, so he's not far from us. Um, I would, I, I just think it would be fun to just sit down, talk with him, and just laugh. Like, so th- Does he do most of his, like, uh, stand-up in Louisiana? No. Or he, is he, like, touring everywhere? I think he probably started out in Louisiana, okay. but he does travel around. He, he's gotten to where he doesn't do too much stand-up anymore. He's just, he goes on a lot of podcasts gotcha. and stuff like that. Gotcha. Uh, he, he's guest on a lot of stuff. So, uh, he it's just, uh, I don't he's hilarious. If you're on TikTok and you ever just need a laugh, look up Theo Vaughn, because I, I, I guarantee he's on him. there. I've I've never, I've never watched him, but I've heard of him. Uh, I've I, I love stand-up uh, comedy. I I'm not. I don't know a lot of the names. Uh, yeah. I know like Tom Segura and yeah. stuff like that. Like uh, guys like Anthony, Anthony Jeselnik. I watched him one time. Yeah. That joker's dark. Yeah, yeah, he is. <laughs> he is dark, man. So uh, 
But yeah, Theo Vaughn. I, is he on like? Does he have like Netflix or anything like that? Like episodes on Netflix, like Tom does. Uh, he might have a Netflix uh, special. I can't remember. I know that I've watched some of his stand-up before, but I can't remember what platform it was on, if it was on YouTube or Netflix. But I actually sent a, like, uh, I don't know, like a 30-second clip to my wife earlier, like this morning. So I'll send that to you okay, when yeah, we're through do. here, and that way you can kind of see what he, who he is. I like it. Cool, cool. I like it. My number three, man, is going to be the one and only Bruce Pearl. Did I steal one from you? Nope. Okay, good deal. <laughs> Very good. Uh, man, I I love, I know I'm an Auburn fan, but dude, no matter who you are, no matter where you're from, it's really hard not to like and appreciate Bruce Pearl. Uh, considering what Auburn was as a basketball program when he got there and what they are now, uh, I mean, I, I know they've had a very average year, but it, unfortunately, it, it's amazing that we're really disappointed at this year when this used to be a good year ten years ago. Exactly. You know what I'm yep. saying? And so that's the that's the culture he has completely changed at Auburn. And he do he like single handedly did this. Like he would go like grab players to go through the hallways and get students to come to the games and turn what was then Auburn Arena, now Neville Arena, into arguably, you know, top five hardest place to play in college basketball. Um and, and, dude, he just – I saw him, you know, when they went to Israel this summer. Uh, I saw him hanging out with his teammates. He was sitting there drinking a beer with uh, Wendell Gray in the hot tub. I mean, like, <laughs> dude, he just seems like a really cool dude. Yeah. Like, uh, I would I would love to pick his brain about basketball. I'd also love to ask him why he plays Alan Flanagan every game. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, I may have to slap him in the face over that. But, but uh, I, I mean, I just – I'd love to pick his brain about – uh. You know, like his his top five favorite moments coaching, his lowest moments, like uh, because I I, mean, I love basketball. It's my favorite sport of all. I used to want to coach it and stuff like that, but like, I could not imagine the pressure that he had. There's never a day off, dude. No, it's if you unreal. think about it, like if you're not playing, you're recruiting. Yep. If you're not recruiting, you're running camps. You 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 constantly scout anything like that. You are constantly working, and so like, granted, that's why he gets paid like eight million dollars or whatever, but Dude, I, I could not – if you handed me that job and told me for $8 billion, I, I still don't know if I would do it. Because, like, that is – think about that, how much pressure that is and the and what you have to go through and the sources he has. Um, That would just be if, – if I was told, okay, just in-game coaching decisions for $8 million, yeah, yeah, I'd do it. Yeah. But the in-game is not even the hardest part to me. You know what I'm saying? Yep. It's outside of that. Yeah. Uh, so, and man, I, I would love to meet Bruce Pearl. I'd love to have a beer in a hot tub with <laughs> with Bruce Pearl. That would be that would be some awesome time right there. And uh, War Eagle to everyone. So <laughs> that's right. my number three. I love that one. He he's definitely came close to being on my list. So. Yeah, a lot. It's hard not to, man. Yeah. Hard hey, not to. He also he like changed the way coaches at Auburn are. Like used to, you never saw coaches out on the quad giving students food and stuff. And now you see Bruce Pearl, Butch Thompson, uh, Hugh Freeze. Right. I mean, all of them just out there mingling with the fans, like getting them interacted, getting them invested. Mm-hmm. And he does an incredible job. Yeah. What's funny is when people try to copycat that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. we all know who I'm talking about here. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm saying like it's so funny. Like it's it's natural for him, dude. He's not trying to do it for publicity. He's not trying to do it uh, because someone else did. He just he he single handedly created that at Auburn. Yeah, and it's just rubbed off on every other program. Yep, it is unreal it what is. he's done at Auburn. Mm-hmm. I mean, we went from Tony Barbie, yeah, to Bruce Pearl. Yep, it's unreal. Uh so my next one was this number two, I guess. Yes. Uh, I'm gonna go Joe Rogan. Okay. Uh, I like it. Yeah. So I love his podcast. He basically has whoever he wants on there. He just, does. I mean, he's like the number one podcast over and over and over again. And I don't listen to every one of his episodes because there's so many of them. Mm-hmm. But if I see a name that I like or I see a topic that I like or might interest me or something, I'll listen to it. And it is a good listen almost every time. Yeah. And I, I love UFC and stuff. So, you know, he's always commentating on those and gets in the ring and interviews people. And I would just love to sit there and talk with him about the UFC, what that experience is like, how he got into that. Mm-hmm. And and then, like, how he grew his podcast so much. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, we have a podcast. Right. Obviously, we're not at his status. Well, sure, yeah, anywhere. yeah. We're not a celebrity by any means. But just what he did to grow it and, and just pick his brain a little bit. He has a lot of, uh, I don't know, he has a lot of life experience, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I, he's just another one I just like to sit and talk and pick his brain about things. Yeah, it, it would, I think that'd be the biggest thing with most of these options is seeing Asking what they did to be successful. Uh, what did you do yep. to get to that level? Whether it's uh, you know, Joe Rogan, uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, we was talking about. Uh, the, the, what was the, the comedian band? Uh, Theo Vaughn. The, Theo Vaughn. Yeah. I want to say Theo Vaughn. Uh, yeah, Theo <laughs> Vaughn. Sorry. Like, what did what did you do? You know, what, how long did you grind at this? Right. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, did, or did it just fall right into your lap? Did you know people? Or did you not know anyone and then, you know, just bust your rear end for years and years and then you caught a break? I've, I've wondered that about a lot of them. Uh, but, you know, that that is something I would love. For probably the vast majority of the people I name, I would ask that question. Yeah. I wonder that same thing a lot about musicians, mm-hmm. like especially ones like up in Nashville where there's a hundred bars on one stretch of road and there are artists in those bars every night that are just as good as the other one. Right. How in the world does this one person get a break and this one doesn't? Dude, it's connections. It's crazy. Most of it is connections. Yeah. I know several people that, that are up there. Um, I played up there and it, it, it really is like it's this person drums for so-and-so and he fills in with, some famous headliner here, and then he told them about him, and next thing you know, hey, the headliner came and got this guy and said, come to the studio. There it is. I mean, it's, it's that. It really is. like, yeah. uh, And that that's the sad truth is a lot of times it is who you know. Yeah. You know, not what you know or what you can do. No, for sure. Uh, and, and that's the unfortunate aspect of it. Um, it's political, but, oh, well, I digress. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of music, uh, I, my last two, will be musicians. Uh, One being alive and one being dead. My number two, uh, and I was torn because I I have my two favorite bands. I have Avenged Sevenfold at number one and Slipknot at number two. And I was sitting there thinking, which one would I rather meet? And, And honest to God, 
I think Matt Shadows from Avenged, Avenged Sevenfold would be my number two because, for one, he is the lead singer of my favorite band of all time. Of all time. Always has been, always will be. Um, I've, I've watched a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff about Avenged Sevenfold. I've listened to every album they've ever had. Uh, I've been to their a, a show of theirs. I, I mean, they, they make up. They have more songs on my workout playlist than anybody else. It's just like, dude, I, I, I love them. I've got their death bat on my shoulder, for goodness sake. And so, like, <laughs> I love these guys. And it would be, I would, I love metal music. Um, I love hard rock. Uh, I would just love to, I, once again, man, I'd love to pick their brain about how long did it take you to get to to catch fire? You right. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like how I, I I know this this you know album right here. You guys really weren't huge. Uh, you know, like wh- what changed? You know, what made you become uh, you know vo- a metal vocalist of the year five years straight? Or, you know, whatever. Like how what what did you do? Like how did you guys take it to the next level? How did you get promotions? How did you pack out stadiums? Like I mean. Who, what, you know, and, and because that that's real personal to me. I've been there, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying. Now, granted, a lot of stuff we did was some cover stuff uh, for certain bars and frat parties and a completely different style of music. But like me, at my core, I would much be rather doing what Avenged Sevenfold does, right. playing like original music that is from your soul, basically. Um, and so I'd really just like to, like, I'd, I'd love to talk to him. And just be like, man, what's it like? What's it like to go play at Bridgestone Arena and there's not a, 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 a seat available? Right. You know, uh, what's it like to know that your music was popular, kind of caught traction 2001 to 2003 in that area, and then it's still to this day just going? You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, I just wonder. What what was your, what was the road like with you guys? I, I, there's so many questions I'd love to ask because like, I could ask you could ask any '80s rock star, you know, Guns N' Roses, Motley Crue, all these guys, the same thing. But it's I don't know, dude. This is more personal to me. There there's there's the dirt about Motley Crue on Netflix. So there's all these things, but these guys don't have a, a Netflix special, and so because of the music they play, and so I would love to just get real personal with these guys. And you know, how did it affect your marriage? Uh, did it affect your relationship with your kids? Uh, did you lose people? You know, like I would love to dig in deeper to see what makes Avenged Sevenfold and Matt Shadows tick, besides just the money. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, with any musician, you can kind of go that route. If you like them, you can mm-hmm. go that route. Mm-hmm. There's so many questions that you could ask them and just, about their experiences and their life lessons and stuff. Mm-hmm. It would be super interesting to yeah. ask them that. Um, so this is the last one, right? Number one. Number one. So this is the only one that is, like, super personal to me, I guess. Okay. Um, so I'm going to go with my grandfather, who is my mom's dad. Okay. Um, he passed away when I was five. So obviously I've met him before. But... Obviously, I was five. I mean, I don't, I don't remember much about him. I've heard a ton about him. I know a lot about him, but just from stories. Um, people say that I get my like cool, laid back, calm demeanor from yeah. him, 
and it, I would just like to sit down and, and just talk to him about his life, like learn more about him from his perspective. Yeah. I know plenty about him from my mom and our family and stuff, but I would love to be able to just get his side of things, you know, maybe pick his brain about what should I do with this, you know. Mm-hmm. I have a daughter now. Right, right. <laughs> and he raised uh, three daughters and three sons. So uh, I I just love to sit down and talk to him about life in general and, like, just have that conversation I never got to have because I was so young when he passed away. Yeah. Like, my cousins who are older than me, they they tell me stories about how great he was, how nice he was. This man was 6'5", 300-something pounds, and – all I've ever heard is he's just a great big teddy bear. Right. Like everybody loved him, give you the shirt off your back type person. Mm-hmm. And it's not just my family saying that; it's people that around my family also attest to that. So, um, yeah, that I had to go with that with my number one because that's just something I've always kind of wanted. Like that one was the easy choice yeah. for me in this in this uh, list. Uh, dude, that's powerful, man. That's a that's a, a no brainer. I think. Uh... That's big, dude. I, if I, I mean, any, I know that Papa, my Papa, passed away uh, a year ago. Well, yeah, a year ago in January. And man, I've, I've, I've said this a million times. I wish he could have gotten to meet Ava. Right. You know, so he got to meet Luca, and boy, boy they were tight. You know, they <laughs> were tight. Uh, he loved his Papa, but I, I, I do. I, I get that, man. I, you you kind of wish they could have just got to see their granddaughter or great granddaughter. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and for I, sure. And so that that and, and somebody told me it was a uh, because he he died um, a few months before she was born. And and I said, you know, I, I was telling. I think it was my mother-in-law. So I really wish Papa would have got to meet Ava. And she told me she said he has. He's already met her. Like he he, he he's seen her. Like yeah. where, especially where he, he he's he's getting joy. He's seeing her right now before you even get to see her. And I was like, that's a that's a that makes me that makes me smile. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying. Whether no it's doubt. true or not, you know, like it's it, it's it's a good pleasant thought because yeah. I believe that could definitely be true. Yeah. Um. So that that definitely makes it a lot easier to to deal with. But man, I that's that's a strong note. I can't top that. <laughs> I can, I can't top that because I was like, and you're like getting all personal. I, my guy's not personal at all. <laughs> I don't even know if I want to say it. Oh, you got to <laughs> say was, it. That uh, was, but this guy, this guy, my number one is, he is dead. He's been dead for quite some time now. Um, and that would be the lead singer of, in my opinion, the greatest band of all time, Freddie Mercury from Queen. Yep. Killer mustache. <laughs> but, uh, Man, if I could go back in time and see one show, because I was born in '93, so these guys weren't even around, you know, at, right. at by that time. But if I could travel back in time and watch one band, it would be Queen. I agree. Um, and not not because of the Bohemian Rhapsody movie that came out. I mean, that that's Hollywood. That's a movie. I'm talking about uh, Queen has a real personal kind of place in my heart. I. <laughs> When we used to live in Paris, my my dad and I had an old single wide trailer. We lived in that thing for years, and it was so annoying at the time. But my dad would wake up every morning and go and turn on his CD player, 
big old CD stereo of Queen and just blast it through that single-wide trailer. Wake <laughs> everybody in the neighborhood. And, and, dude, I hated it at the time. But looking back, like, that was, I, you know, I, that makes me that makes me grateful for that kind of stuff now. Yeah. Uh, because, for one, he was pouring, the, in my opinion, the greatest band of all time into me at a, at a young age. And he had some pretty good taste in music. But, man, I wish I could have seen him because, to, to me, he was the greatest front man slash singer of all time. In, in terms of singing ability, performance, talent, both vocally and musically. Uh, he could play the dog piss out of a piano. He could sing. He could grab thousands and thousands of people by the balls. <laughs> I mean, seriously, like if he if he demanded your attention every second he was up there. And, dude, that is – I don't know if anybody who is if really understands how much energy and, and like, work that takes. But I can tell you from someone who's been on a stage who's had to work a crowd to to, to really get them going, to keep pushing, putting, like, that is exhausting. Yeah. The energy that he exerts and the stuff like that, like, dude, it was, it's amazing to watch. I wish I could go back and, and see him perform at their prime uh, because I thought uh, I thought they were all fabulous musicians. Um, but, I mean, he is a legend. You know what I'm saying, and no so doubt. like, I wish I could have gotten to see him. Uh, there's there's several bands back back in the day. I wish, excuse me, I could have seen, but but for sure, Queen. Overall, if I had a time machine, I'd go back and watch probably that Live Aid show. Yeah, uh, no doubt. you know what I'm saying. Yep. Like that would be unbelievable. Yep. And so yeah, man, like. Not not as personal as yours, but <laughs> well, it's personal to you. That, that's I mean, something yeah. that you love music. That it, is personal. It is, to you. dude. It, he was a he was a inspiration. He was a motivation. I remember when I was first getting into the band, uh, I had no stage presence. I didn't know how to lead a crowd. I didn't know how to hold a crowd to demand attention. So I just sat there and watched videos of Freddie. I mean, seriously, I would sit there with my little notepad <laughs> and just watch videos of Freddie and you know some other guys that that were high energy, just demanded respect and, and greatness. And so I mean, he, he changed, he changed my life, not only with his music, uh, because Queen is my third, my third favorite band of all time. Like I say, you have Avenged Sevenfold, Slipknot, and then Queen. Totally different direction there. But I mean, that's just, that's yep. just me. <laughs> um, and but dude, he, he is the one who, who, I, I don't know. I, don't, I didn't copy anything of him by, by any means. But I'm saying he, I took tips. That's for yeah, sure. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like I, I admired his game. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? His performance. And there, there was none better. In my opinion, there was none better in terms of performance and overall musicality and, and talent than Freddie Mercury. Um, and that is my number one, dude. That's an incredible number one. I've said the same thing many times. Like, if I could go back, choose one concert to go to, it would no doubt be Queen. Really? Yeah. So my dad was kind of the same way. Like, he didn't get up and blare your music on a CD player or nothing. But <laughs> if it ever came on in the car, you better believe it was getting turned up mm-hmm. and he was singing every word. <laughs> I hated Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, I can see un- that. Until yeah. I was about 14, 15, 16-ish. And then I could start appreciating the actual musicianship right. and the music of it. 
And then I started listening to all their other stuff. And of mm-hmm. course, we all know, you know, the We Will Rock You. Like, yep. you know, they're huge songs. Mm-hmm. But I have, like, I think I have their greatest hits album on my phone. Mm-hmm. Every song that comes on, I, I now know every word to. Yep. And I turn it on and I don't change it. Right. Like, you listen from beginning to end and it's just so captivating. And I, I really enjoyed the movie that did come, the Bohemian yeah. Rhapsody oh, yeah. movie yeah. that did come out because it kind of shed some light on some of the things he went through. And obviously, we oh, weren't yeah. alive for that. Exactly. But, um, yeah. I mean, I love Queen before that as well. Sure. So yeah. that's, that's a great pick. I appreciate, it, man, and like Queen, dude. I, and this is as a as a like a writer and singer talking right here. But I know uh, Kyle and I have been. I talked to you about us being in the studio working on some acoustic stuff and then some original music, things like that. And we, we've taken a lot of inspiration from Queen in that we love complex music, but Queen also they can they can be everything, man. Like they can be complex musically, such as Bohemian Rhapsody, and they can be as simple as We Will Rock You, which yeah. is a stomp, stomp, clap. Yep. And it is, like, simple is better sometimes. And, like, Queen has just the best of every world. I mean, really, they do. They have vocals. They have guitars. They have drums. They, there's there's no weak point right. for Queen. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, you can't really say that about too many bands, but, like, Queen has no weakness. <laughs> you know what yeah. I'm saying? Yep. Uh, so that's why, I mean, like, I love him. Uh, he is definitely my number one. Uh not at, not as personal as yours. I really appreciate you you doing that. Uh, I didn't know if you were going to open up on the pod or not. <laughs> but but uh, man, I, I, we usually have uh, comments at the end of the show. But tonight, being just me and Brett, I really just wanted to. Uh, this is the first time I've had him just to myself, and I really just wanted us to hang out and and get to talk one on one with him about some of this stuff. So we're not going to go any, over any comments uh, on the page or anything tonight. Uh, I do want to say I appreciate everyone who's been engaging on the Facebook page. Uh, you guys have been awesome thus far. Uh, we've already had a lot of feedback for the zombie apocalypse episode we sent <laughs> out. Uh, nerding hardcore over that one. Um, and so, and I also put out another page or another post asking, you know, like throwing us ideas. Um, uh, Brett, this is actually Brett's idea tonight for if you could, you know, have dinner or drinks with one person, you know, five people, who would it be? And so, like, good job on that, dude. Um, well, shout out to Marcus on that, who was oh, on here yeah. a couple of weeks ago. It was actually his original idea, so I want to steal his thunder. Oh, there you go. It was my favorite idea that I had heard so yeah. far. Yeah, for sure, man. I I like it. Thank you, Mucus. Very good. Um, <laughs> and and like I said, guys, make sure I've had Marcus, Mason, and Brett on this now. So make sure you go, you guys, go follow the Plainsman podcast. Uh, even if you're an Alabama fan, they talk about more than just Auburn. Uh, I, last episode, they talked about. Like their uh, most hated athletes and their most loved athletes, and so like that was fun uh, hearing. And they had Josh Hutto on as a guest, and I, I love Josh, great longtime friend. And uh, we've all played softball together. So like once again, guys, like great group of people. <laughs> excuse me on that podcast. So go give them a follow, go give them a subscribe, and and listen to them, enjoy some sports talk because I know spring training for football started yesterday. That's right. Yep. And well, so, it started Monday. Monday, Monday. Yeah. Okay. And so that start started Monday. Uh, March Madness is upon us. So I mean, there's there's a lot to talk about in the sports world. Yeah. Uh, no, with the I think you were on last year with the March Madness episode, right? I think so. It was either last year or year before last, but yeah, might have to get you on for another one because you're so uh, 
into basketball. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. I am, my friend. <laughs> I am. Well, man, we, I thank you so much for coming on here. Uh, and and really good five. Uh, once again, I, I'm glad to have another member of the Plainsman Podcast. Go give him a follow, guys. And thank you for listening to the Anything and Everything Podcast. Brett, have a great night, dude. And as well as the rest of you, have an awesome night.